All right. We are live. Episode 31. Yeah. Second episode of our second season. That's right. And, you know, some some people tweeted at us. They thought uh, they didn't think we were going to run another podcast until the Mavs won a game. And um, they weren't technically right, but uh, we don't have to worry about that regardless because the Mavs won last night. <laughs> they did. They beat Memphis has victories over Houston and Golden State, two teams that destroyed the Mavs in the last week. And yet, uh, the Mavericks, you know, took, took care of the Grizzlies with not a whole lot of problems last night. No, I thought we matched up with them pretty well. I think basically because they're, they're an old school type lineup with a conventional center, you know, and, uh, it's so funny how much the, the NBA has slipped because, um, you know, I wonder in the old NBA with your, you know, larger center power forwards, if if people would look at Draymond Green and be like, oh, he doesn't have a position, you know, because... Well, you don't even have to go that far back because he was a second-round draft pick primarily because people said he doesn't have a position. Yeah, and now it's like we're looking at Dirk and we're just like, Dirk doesn't have a position, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, so... on top of the age thing, it would be tough for... You know, people make the comparison to, like, Porzingis, but Porzingis is much more athletic than Derek ever was. That's true. And, yeah. uh, and again, I mean, some of it's generational. You can, you can point to a guy like, you know, Kevin McHale, and it's like, well, what would Kevin McHale do in, a, in the game today? You know, but it's like, well, yeah. okay, it's been 30 years since, since that guy played, so. True, um, true. So well, it's hard to make get, some of those comparisons, but let's anyway. not get too far off topic. Yeah, yeah. The Mavs are one and three, one and one four. and four, one and four, one and four. Lots, lots going on here. Uh, we may need to just talk about main points, uh, just a few main points to keep this uh, this pod at a relatively. Uh, Short time limit, uh, <laughs> or at least reasonable time limit. Yes, reasonable. What, what do you want to start with? What 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 do you think is the uh, biggest topic about the map early on this one and four start? I think uh, probably Dennis Smith Jr. is getting the most uh, most love, you know, nationally. Uh, from uh, certainly, if you watch Sports Center, their focus is solely on him. And uh, I think if you watch the Mavericks play, I, I think you know they played pretty well against. Um, Atlanta in their first game, and then he sat out a couple games with some knee soreness, which I was a little concerned about. And then you see him play okay against Golden State. We were never going to win that game. And yeah. uh, last night, I I thought he looked great last night, and and the Mavs finally got a win. Yeah, I have to agree. Uh, I love watching Dennis Smith Jr. play. I I cannot even believe he's 19 years old. It, it's just. He's so poised on the court. Uh, he looks like a point guard. He's, there's just, he doesn't have any gifts to him. Um, he doesn't have any flaws to his game like, uh, Markel Fultz or even Lonzo Ball's form. Both of them have unconventional form. His shot is pretty. Uh, he was doing like two foot stops last night and just kind of getting in the lane and getting a shot. I mean, it's really, creepy amazing how calm he looks on the court you know 
Yeah, and I think it helps that he's in a position here where it's, you know, there's not a lot of pressure on him here. There's not a lot of pressure on any of the Mavericks. So I think that helps. But I think also just having, you know, pretty good teammates that that can knock down open shots. And I think you saw that last night is that when he's getting in the lane, you know, one time he kind of dumped it off to, to Nerlens who finished and, uh, he kick it back out, and last night West Matthews had it going, and so he knocked down some shots. But yeah, yeah, you know, it's like the Mavericks as a whole, you know, under Carlisle, move the ball really well, and so I think a guy like him can come in, and it's just, hey, look, you don't have to dominate; just play your game, look for your spots, and they have him out there too. Another thing that helps that I don't know if Fol- Fultz has Simmons, but. You know, the Mavericks have them out there a lot of times with Berea or, or Yogi who can who could take a little bit of the ball handling pressure off. Yeah, I I mean it's it's really neat how he is he still has this swagger to him where I still feel like he feels he's the best player on the court and I love it. Like uh and you know, there were times last night where he was hands down. Yeah. I mean, like I respect Mike Conley as a point guard. I know he's a top 10 point guard in the league, but he, there is something so smooth about Dennis Smith Jr. that like, it, you just, you just don't want to look away. It's, it's just, uh, like I think secretly he's just like, yeah, I'm probably the best player on the Mavericks. I think he already feels it. <laughs> well, it's good because we need a guy like that. I mean, I, I really like Harrison Barnes. But yeah. I don't think he has that kind of mindset where it's like, I'm the best guy. You know, Dirk in some interviews last year said that he had to kind of pump up Barnes a little bit and tell him like, look, you're, you're good. You can do this. You can do that. And you're kinda, right. yeah, he needed that time when Dirk was just sort of out last year to sort of establish himself. But I think you're right. I don't think Dennis Smith Jr. needs someone to you know, just concede to him that he's pretty good. I think he definitely has that in his mind. And I think, you know, the biggest evidence of that is Monday night against the Warriors, he had a chance to just shoot a mid-range jumper, and then instead he tries to dunk over Draymond Green. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I, I love that play. And what's ironic is everybody made a big deal about Draymond being like, yeah, I told that boy it ain't summer league anymore, and blah, blah, blah. And it's like... I just love the fact that he was just like, I'm going to dunk over you. <laughs> yes. Like, I yeah. can't stand you. I'm going to dunk on you. And, like, Draymond was talking smack to him after the play, and he wouldn't back down. And I was like, hallelujah, hallelujah. Yeah. <laughs> we have a player who will get in other players' faces. Because that is what broke down Harrison Barnes was two years of playing with Draymond and having him talk trash to him every day, <laughs> you know? No, you're right. And it's something, if you're a Mavericks fan, I mean, for as long as we've been Mavericks fans, which is pretty much the life of the franchise, I mean, when have we ever had a guy like that? I mean, we had, you know, Van Exel was here for a season or two, Deshaun Stevenson, and they had that edge to them, but they weren't as talented as, uh, as Dennis Smith appears to be, you know, I think he's probably got the Sean beat and I think eventually he'll surpass Van Axel. But I mean, those guys were effective when they were here and worked well within the system. But those were the only kind of, kind of couple guys that come to mind that really had the same, same not back down mindset. 
No, I agree. I, I actually really like the Nick Van Exel uh, analogy because Nick Van Exel was a really smooth player and he had complete irrational confidence where I would almost, I couldn't, I, I cannot say that Dennis Smith Jr. has irrational confidence because I think it's rational. You know, I, I think like he's that good. And um, like well, last night was his third game. Yeah. And he was just like, like, I just can't, I'm just, where is he going to be game 40, you know? No doubt. And I think the Mavericks, you know, one thing if, I think some Mavericks fans, I saw some articles where it was like, look, Atlanta might have the number one pick next year and they beat us opening night. But I think to judge the Mavericks, you have to judge them near the end of the season. And are we getting better as the season goes on? And I think you're right with Dennis Smith Jr., He's already shown some things in his first few games. One thing I loved is teams are, he's not a great jump shooter right now. You know, he's okay. Yeah. And teams are clearly playing five feet off of him and guarding the drive, but he's still yeah. trying to penetrate and he's not just standing out there chucking. Yeah. You know, he's working the shot clock. I mean, last night there was a time, it was late in the game. It might have been his last three where, he kicked it inside or he kept moving the ball and he had wide, you know, open shots, open shots. And then finally it was, the, it was the last time he got it near the end of the shot clock that he yep. put it up and it wasn't and a desperation thing. Yeah. But it was yeah. definitely a within the flow of the offense, like we're not going to rush this thing. So it's uh I thought that was good to see because I think a lot of young players like that would just, take the jumper and you know you talk about irrational confidence that seems like more rational confidence like i I kind of know my limitations i I know what they're giving me and i still want to hey we're going to work the offense we're going to work for the best shot yeah yeah i totally agree with you and i think uh he's he's been everything we thought he was and uh how exciting is that Uh, i'll just leave it at that and you know Lonzo has done great so far this year, and so has Ben Simmons. It's really, it's still looking like a three, um, three rookie race, but, uh, we'll see. You know, I, I think, as I said in the first pod this season, uh, players are going to be going after Lonzo Ball, and they are every game, and, and it's, it's, it's definitely affecting him. So I, and I, I, I don't have confidence in Ben Simmons staying healthy. So I, I think Dennis Smith's in this, you know, for the long haul. Yeah. No, I agree. I think it's it's going to be really interesting. And, and hopefully the knee thing is was just kind of a fluke thing. Yeah. Um, and so that he's playing a lot of games. But, yeah, he's clearly going to play a lot of minutes and a lot of meaningful minutes because I think, you know, while half the league may blow us out, there's another half where we're going to play some really competitive games. Yeah, I agree. And so uh, we have Memphis tonight, so that'll be interesting if they could be uh, – I mean, there's no reason they can't beat them again, but let's just hope it's a competitive game at least. Uh, yeah. I'm curious yeah. how Carlisle plays uh, the rotation, especially with Dirk on a back-to-back. But um, we shall see. Uh, going into point number two, as we said earlier, there's plenty of things we could cover, but probably the hottest – storyline of this season has been uh been Nerland's Noel. <laughs> yeah. He uh obviously there was a whole contract situation coming into the season. We talked about it a little bit last week. And so far this year he hasn't played a ton of minutes. 
And through the first four games, yeah. you know, he was coming off the bench. Last night, Carlisle decides to switch it up. And again, some more, you know, as to your earlier point, a more conventional team with a big man, you know, Gasol was going to play a lot. Uh, and they rely on him a lot. So perfect time to start Nerland's Noel. And then he gets three fouls within, uh, I don't know how much time, but, you know, kind of takes himself out of the game. And I think he's been decently effective while he's in there. He's doing those things that the Mavericks need him to do. He's rebounding and he's affecting shots. But, you know, uh, two things concern, concern me, and that's he's, he's so limited offensively. And there's still that specter of, you know, it'll be interesting with the back-to-back tonight. He ended up not playing many minutes last night, but can you ever play him heavy minutes? Like, even without the foul trouble last night, would we have been able to play him 30, 35 minutes and still count on him tonight? Well, I, I think if there's ever a time to find out, it's now. Uh, I think um, he's got the best plus-minus on the team. Um, he's arguably played as well as anybody on the team since the beginning of the year. And it, it's been leading many people to think, like, this is simply you're in the doghouse because we think you're out of here. And um, what are your thoughts on that? <laughs> you know, that's so hard to judge. I, you know, having coached teams in the past, I think sometimes it's really hard. Because last year when he came on board, there was a game where he had some sort of monster game, right? And you know, in monster game, meaning like 16 and 20 or something along yeah. those lines. But he had yeah. played 35 minutes. And then he was out the next, like, two games with knee soreness. And Carlisle was kind of like, hey, that's on me. You know, I need to manage his minutes better, et cetera, et cetera. And so uh, some of this, when it's, hey, we're limiting his minutes, I think back to that, and I'm like, is this still a concern with his knees? And was that factored in at some point? And we're probably never going to know from uh, what what came up in the negotiations. But, you know, that concerns me. And then also sometimes you just got guys who play better in certain roles or in limited minutes. And in, in bigger minutes, it just doesn't work, you know. Like, Berea's perfect for the Mavericks here. But when Minnesota signed him away and tried to make him a starter, he was pretty ineffective as kind of more of the guy in Minnesota. Yeah, that's fair. I, I just feel like uh, the fact that we have limited options, and I, I think it's, you know, we have limited options in terms of talent on the team. Yeah. And the fact that Dwight Powell is getting more minutes than him, uh, it's just hard to accept overall <laughs> that, uh, you know, just why isn't he getting more minutes? It's just not adding up. You know what I mean? I think the other theory is going the other way where it's uh, Dwight Powell is trade bait and they're just trying to beef up his stats in minutes, you know? Yeah, I think I, I think that could very well be true because you look at Dwight Powell, he's not someone that you're going to build around, but he could be a nice rotation guy uh, on certain teams. And so – yeah, I mean, I think from an asset perspective, you could certainly flip him. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, the other part of it is just figuring out the right lineups for this team and what's what's going to work. And I think that's some of – we've seen that in the past with Carlisle. He will experiment with all sorts of different combinations to try to figure out what's most effective. And, you know, right now, Dirk is our starting center. You know, yeah, we the, talked um, about – 
the the uh, man, I forgot what I was gonna say. <laughs> Go ahead. Dirk's our starting um, center. Yeah, Dirk's our starting center. And to, to your earlier point, I mean, you know, that's because that's really the only position they could put him in right now. Yeah. Uh, and they don't want to sit him right off the bat because he's old and, you know, he can't just kind of hop up off the bench. Better for him to just start right after warm-ups. Yeah. Yeah, I get that part. I, I don't mind Nerland's not starting. I, I just don't see why he's not playing 25 minutes a game. You know? Yeah. And that's the part where, you know, I get Dwight Powell. You know, to, to, to Powell's credit, he's been a better three-point shooter this year in the mm-hmm. short sample size we have. Yeah. But uh, defense and rebounding aren't there. And when you've got these little guards out there that we know can shoot, you know, can somewhat penetrate if it's Devin and Yogi with, with J.J., um, we don't need scoring. We need rebounding above all else. We need shot blocking. And Nerlens has been great at that. And, you know, honestly, I would go the other way with it. I would play him a lot and see how his knees hold up. I would play him a lot, maybe even to prove a point to him that he's not a max player. And then if he proves it back to you that, hey, I'm scoring, you know, 20 and 20 every night, what's the harm? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, I, I yeah, it's probably nothing but upside there. Yeah, I, I'm hoping this is all about getting Dwight Powell traded because I don't know how Dwight Powell fits. Uh, I was listening to the Locked On Mavericks podcast and and they were saying that Dwight and uh, Nerlens can't play together. I, I don't understand that theory. Like, why not? <laughs> Once again, Nerland does everything Dwight Powell does not. You know, it, it's it's not like they they're redundant like Dwight and uh, Dirk are, right? Well, but I think from a position sense, I think if you're out there, then it really cuts you down to three perimeter players. Like, are you really kicking out? Because Powell on the outside, you could pick and pop with him. Yeah. But you can't necessarily – he's not so good a passer that you could really have him work the perimeter, and he can't really handle the basketball uh, in any way to be effective. So then – and that's certainly with a, similar to Nerland's there. So I think as far as putting both of them out there, then offensively you're really counting on, like, you know, Berea and Wes Matthews and Dennis Smith to, to create some stuff on their own and create some penetration and some easy shots. I, I think it – I think it kind of stifles your driving lanes a little bit with both of them in there because you can sag so much. I mean, Powell's not such a good three-point shooter that they're not going to sag a lot off of him. It just clogs the lane, and I think that's why you can't well, really play them together I, or I, why I, I wouldn't want to play them together. I hear what you're saying in theory, but, um, again, I, I point to the limited options we have and, and like, the counter – the counter is just not that much more appealing to me. Like Dirk and Powell, uh, that's like all offense, right? Um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's just all offense. You're not getting gonna... any defense, that's for sure. And, and, I don't even know how much yeah, offense you're getting. It's all offense, and then on top of it, you're not overwhelming them with offense. Right. <laughs> it's, just, it's just like, yeah, that's all we can do. That's and all they so, can do, but yeah, that's pretty limited. That's why I'd rather go with the counter and be like, yeah, let's just 
let's just try this a little more conventional approach. And if Powell hurts us a little bit on the wing, is that that much worse than playing Dwight and Dirk together? I, I just... You know, I'll always concede to Carlisle, but I think there's something more to it this time. You know, I, I don't think this is simply uh, uh, about matchups, as Carlisle said. You know, I, I think this is something more like one of those guys. I, here's here's my hot take. One of those okay. guys won't be here by the trade deadline. Whoa. Yeah, okay. Powell, Powell or Noel. I think one of them's getting traded. Yeah, and maybe they're kind of both being dangled out there. I, it wouldn't surprise me because I don't yeah. know if they have a definitive answer on either one of them as to if they're going to be some sort of key piece moving forward. But, yeah. you know, I think last night, you know, going back to your minutes, uh, your point about minutes with, with Nerland, I think it's, I think Carlisle probably intended to play him a lot of minutes and the foul trouble kind of limited him. So I'm wondering if tonight, you know, because he didn't end up playing a lot last night, that they go back to him and try to play him, you know, maybe 30 minutes tonight, especially on a back-to-back. And yeah. not sure if Dirk's going to play tonight at all. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that that's going to be I'm hoping to so. Watch. Yeah, I, I would like everything to be – I would like Carlisle to have the freedom to just coach the team. Uh, I'm hoping there isn't anything like, you know – from from the top, like telling him play Powell more, play Noel less, because you know if we if we're just within season, we got to work with what we got, and you just can't. It's it's almost like tanking because you're trying to control the situation a little too much. You know, it's like I'm fine. Okay, you don't want to sign free agents because it's not worth it. I get it, um, but when you're trying to like, or actually, you know what it is. It's like when you're trying to lose two games in a row, so you're the three seed, so you could avoid the four seed in the second round and all this stuff. Like, you just don't want to get too cute with things. It's, that's kind of my take with what's going on. Yeah, you know, I, Carlo doesn't strike me as the guy who's, who's going to get, um, going to take orders from, uh, on high, if you will. Um, now, he does strike me as someone who could get really pissed with someone and not play him for long stretches, you know? I yeah. mean, I think that can undoubtedly happen. So I don't know well, what's going on there if that has affected things. But Well, that was another theory or hypothesis thrown out um, is that he is basically Nerland is just not working hard in practice. And so he's rewarding Powell because Powell's like a good soldier. Right, it, right. Know? Which is conceivable, considering Noel had issues in Philly, too, which is, you know, being a team player and whatnot. So yeah. I could see that. Yeah, I agree. Um, okay. Would you trade uh, Powell and Yogi for Eric Bledsoe? <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's okay. a ridiculous <laughs> I'm just feeling you out. I'm just, well, I'm just warming up. I'm just warming up. Okay? You trade two okay guys for one good player. Yes. Would yes. you trade? Would you trade Nerland for Dragon Bender? Um, I don't. I can't say I've watched a ton of Dragon Bender to really get a feel for him. Well, and not he, that I have a great stinks. feel for Nerland. Yeah, he stinks. <laughs> he, it would just be. It would just be for potential, you know, like he's, 
he's buried in Phoenix. They have no sense of direction or player development. Yeah. So you'd be like, okay, we're going to take Dragon and we're going to make him a player. But okay. Then I would, on the surface, I would say no to that trade. Just really? go, with, uh, go with the devil you know. Like, I, I don't, and again, that's me not knowing anything about Dragon. I didn't know anything about him going into that draft to where I would get excited, you know, so. Yeah, I know nothing just, either, yeah. except he's, you know, 6'10", 7-foot sure. tall shooter, you know. Yeah. So, um, I don't know. I think I'm fearing that uh, the Mavericks know something about Noel that they haven't shared, whether it's Rich Paul saying he's gone or um, Nerland himself being like, I'm gone after this year, because that's appearing how they're operating with him, you know? I just don't see where, like, he's not getting, based on what he's doing right now, and, yeah. and beyond just, yes, he's been effective for the Mavericks, right? But does that is anybody looking at him from the outside and saying that's a max contract guy? Right. I I think like let's say we played him twenty five minutes a game, uh, and he ends up with like sixteen and sixteen a night. Really, just monster stats, right? Right. Right. I st- I think he maxes out at like four years, eighty million. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and I think the Mavericks would be happy to pay it too. I agree, and I wouldn't have a problem with that contract. But I no, think no. what comes with that is he's get, okay. He's getting sixteen and sixteen a night. Let's say that's where that's where he ends up. Well, the Mavericks should be a significantly better team if he's doing that, and Barnes is averaging eighteen, and hopefully Dennis Smith and all that is averaging you know twelve and eight or something along those lines. You know, like yeah. that. If those three things are happening, we should be a pretty good basketball team, a pretty competitive basketball team. So I think it kind of goes hand in hand with if he's playing well. But if we're pretty bad and he just happens to be the only guy kind of putting up numbers, it's almost like last year when Bogut was one of the NBA leaders in rebounding when he was here. And it was like, well, we can't rebound the ball, but there are rebounds to be had. So if somebody has to collect those rebounds. So I think that's where I'd be interested in. Uh, it's kind of the context is, is Noel doing that and we are good or is Noel just kind of put them numbers on a bad team? Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I, again, I feel like there's only one way to find out. Let's play them. Yeah. yeah. And, and that's what I'm hoping tonight starts just kind of a run of, um, you know, his minutes getting a boost because I'm, and I know we're getting to a third point here in a second about Dirk, but you know, I think having Nerlens in there is, is going to be better for the team, but not so good that, you know, a lot of Mavericks fans out there want us to be bad in some way, but I think these guys are still going to be competitive and uh, still going to try to win. Yeah, I agree. I agree. All right. So point three for this week's pod is a sad point. <laughs> yeah, Derek. Yeah. Um, Derek is I, bottom of the team in efficiency. Right I uh, I made the bold prediction at the beginning of the season that I thought he might have two years left in him. Yeah, I did. I Damn. thought his game his game was timeless. Uh, he didn't jump too much as it is. Um, 
I think we need to come to grips with the fact that this is Dirk's last year. <laughs> it, uh, it's not looking great right now. I think um, one thing I do like about it, I, I guess if there's something likable, is that, you know, in that first game in, against Atlanta, he's walking to the scorer's bench to check in down the stretch. Yeah. Yeah. And Powell bangs a three. And Dirk kind of just takes himself back out. And after the game, they asked him, and he said, I wasn't playing that well, and Dwight had hit a couple shots, so so we just went with it. Yeah. And it's like, he knows. <laughs> he knows what's going on here. Yeah. So this is not a situation where he's going to hold the team hostage. and You know, kind of like Kobe did that last year at the Lakers, where he refused to accept the fact that he's no longer Kobe. Right, you know, right. Dirk has known for a while that he's not the guy here, and I think – uh, what he probably likes seeing is that there are guys here that can kind of step up now and, and he doesn't have to be the guy down the stretch. I still think there's going to be a couple games here this season where he probably hits some big shots for us. Um, I'm hoping as the season goes on, maybe he gets into, you know, they find the right kind of role for him and he finds the spots and he can still just knock down jumpers for us. But, uh, and, and some of that will come with Dennis Smith's improvement. Yeah. And evolution through the year. But yeah, I mean, you're, you're looking at a 39 year old guy who's playing his 20th year. I mean, only one other guy has played 20 years with the same franchise and only a handful of guys have played that many years in the NBA. So that's true. This is a grind. <laughs> I mean, his body's going to break down at some point. No, it's true. I, I'm hoping he's just a tad out of shape and so he could pick it up a little bit, but, um, in the end, I think uh, he's just got too much pride to to roll out another season. If, if like if he ends up, you know, whatever he ends up with, like eleven and six for points, rebounds for the year, I, I think that's it for him. Yeah, well, I mean, eleven and six would actually be awesome if we could get that from him. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I hate to say that, but wow, yeah, I mean, that would be that would be crazy. Some, shifted. Year? Those are some shifted expectations there. This is... <laughs> hey, I wasn't the one saying he's got two more years left in him. That's true. I did. So, I really felt it. Yeah. I, really I, mean, I, feel, I feel like if he could bring 11. And, he, right now you've got Nerland's putting up 16 and 16. Dennis Smith is rookie of the year. I mean, Dirk 11 and 6. I mean, this is, it's, it's just, those are pretty good things happening for the Mavericks if they were to come to pass. No, that's true. Okay, I'll concede. But it is sad. It, it's sad on a lot of levels just to see, uh, you know, and I, I know this is the the very worst uh, sort of, what's the opposite of buyer's remorse? Maybe buyer's regret, drafting regret we could throw out there. But um, just looking at what Gianna has become... <laughs> I'm just like, oh man, he could have been playing with Dirk and just if Donnie just was allowed to just pick the guys he wanted to pick. Uh, 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 instead we trade down for Shane Larkin. He's just I think I saw him uh He's playing for Celtics. The Celtics. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I saw his name in the box score the other day. Uh, uh-huh. He's just a journeyman. Like Yeah, he's uh, played for like five teams now. It's Four years. It's well, really yeah, painful. It's, it's even more painful, and not that we need to dive into this too much, but it was like, 
that move allowed them to give to offer Dwight Howard like two hundred grand more. Yeah. <laughs> Which is so insane. It's it's so meaningless. Yeah, like we could have just taken Giannis and now this year I mean, granted, we might not have Dennis Smith Junior, it might have shifted draft slots, you know, all the stuff. But Well we man. Have, no, we'd have a completely different team in that yeah. case because yeah. you know, uh, we probably don't we definitely don't have Harrison Barnes in that situation and we, we never get Chandler Parsons, uh, you know. Right. A, the Rondo trade never happens, so we're in a couple other drafts. Like it's yeah, it's completely different. Yeah. Maybe DeAndre actually does sign here, stuff like that. So Yeah. Yeah. It's a real, uh, I don't know. I guess this is their payback. This is how I see it. This is their payback for the, the Dirk Robert trailer trade, you know? <laughs> RIP. RIP Robert Trailer. <laughs> you, you yeah, you work that trade, you get Dirk, you set your this, franchise on a championship course. Yeah, this but is the, the sports payback. karma, the sports you, karma equivalent. You pass on Giannis. Yeah, yeah. Oh, gosh. Anyways, well, let's look at the week ahead. We've got Memphis tonight. We've yeah. got, uh, let's see here, Philly on Saturday. Yeah, that'll be an interesting game. Utah on Monday, and then Clippers Wednesday. Clippers actually look really good. So Yeah, anyways. the Clippers, getting rid of Chris Paul has actually helped, and now he doesn't really play in Houston. So kind of a fascinating case study there. It, it is, yeah. Uh, as Bill Simmons would say, it's a Patrick Ewing uh, theory there. Yeah. yeah. But uh, I think uh, I'm going to say we win tonight again. Wow. Um, okay. And then I'm going to say we beat Philly. So then we're three and four, and ah, uh, oh, you know what? Screw it. We're going three and zero this week. Wow. <laughs> All right. That's my take. That's my hot hot take. I, I just. Yeah. Well, I think we're at Utah on Monday, and even when we're, we've been really no, there good, it's we... Utah at home. Oh, it is. Okay, then we got. Oh no, it. you're right. That's weird, because it says Utah at Dallas, but then it says Utah Salt Lake City. So you're right. Anyway, okay. I thought it was at Utah. Yeah, so yeah, I, feel like, I feel like that's a loss. Yeah, I and take then, that back. Uh, Two and one because I do think we'll be Philly. Yeah, and then we'll talk probably before that Clippers game. Yeah, because it's a Wednesday, so if we could uh, get the pod done Tuesday or Wednesday, there we go. We'll uh, we'll touch on some other topics like uh, JJ Barea and how great he's been, as well as uh, maybe another week of Powell versus Noel. Tune in next week for more Powell versus Noel. <laughs> I mean, it's, these are hot takes. People want to know. People you know? do want to know. Yeah. yeah. So, so we're overloaded with tweets. We need to hear more about Powell and Noel. Yeah, absolutely. I do. No, a lot. I mean, Ugh. inundated. Yeah. So many Snapchats, too. I didn't That's even it. know we were on Snapchat, but like How? people just keep hitting us up. Powell is turning into my Toby Flenderson. <laughs> <laughs> you ruined everything. <laughs> like, I, I don't mean to dislike him. I really don't. He seems very nice. Uh, seems like a good person. But Okay, I'm, get, I'm getting off on a tangent. Getting off tangent. All right, let's wrap uh, it let's up. See. Let's wrap it up. Uh, I'm Al Siddham. You're Matt Siddham. Yeah. Uh, this is the Mavs Podcast. You could reach us at uh, mavspodcast at gmail.com and our Twitter handle is at the mavspodcast all one word all one word um, 
Yeah, so until next week, go Mavs. Go Mavs. All right, take care, man. All right, see ya.